you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Like it's up and running. The VR thing they were they were hosting last night. So somebody else approached them and already had the product. So they put their name name with it so that they could get into this. And uh, it was a very odd setup because they were walking around. Where is the VR booth? And I said it's actually in. And they said it's called Dark Corner, and it was in the dark corner of the uh, of the theater. So you know, I don't think anybody really wanted to get up. <laughs> Go do a VR while they were watching, waiting for things to happen on the make, you know, the big screen. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so so that was that was pretty fun. And um, well, all right. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Thursday. Uh, what is this? October sixth. Uh, welcome, welcome to October. We're gonna we've got some comics news, some movie news, some television news. I don't, you know, I, I can't even say there's really a top story. I mean, New York Comic Con is opening right now. Um, there was an interesting little piece on this um, to uh, mention that they're they're trying to track stats on like how who's attending and the difference in audience. And they said actually the majority of because remember they had done the um, how they had made you do a, like a kind of a background check proving your fandom. Right. They said more people. Uh, identified as games first than comics fans. Interesting. And this is all anecdotal right now. You know, like nothing statistically, because it's interesting that no convention wants to share info. So nobody's really tracking the stats because they all see each other as in competition. And it's just kind of odd. It's interesting that that seems they're claiming it's majority games. I'd be very fascinated to see if, if San Diego were to do some kind of background check which sounds much more serious than it is, but just kind of like, what are you interested in? And, and release you, stats on that. When you say games, you're talking video games. Video games, yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, wait, I, I, geez, introduced myself. And of course, uh, because we're remote, I'm staring at my computer screen in an, uh, in an apartment in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> so, beep, boop, beep, uh, of course, beep, beep, beep. hosting on the Skype side. Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. Podcast producer Rick Schneider. And if you are listening to this uh, through a variety of sources, you can find us on iTunes. You may have already found us on iTunes or on Google Play. You may have found us there. You may have found us on fanboyplanet.com. No matter what, uh, if you are on from iTunes or Google Play, please rate us, review us, subscribe, and tell your friends about us. As well as if there's anything we talk about on today's podcast, because we're going to be uh, very focused on comics, I think. Uh, if there's anything we talk about that you are interested in and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, your local comic shop, please go ahead and go to fanboyplanet.com and use the Amazon box there where you uh, you can order it there, and we will get a tiny kickback. And the more that people order, the less tiny our kickback becomes, uh, as well as if you'd like to support just the uh, help defray the cost of, of hosting Fanboy Planet, both the articles and the podcast, you can, of course, donate through PayPal using the email address editor at fanboyplanet.com which also means that if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, or criticism, you can write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And so, let us talk comics. The one thing that, before we get into a what's in the bag, because it really was just kind of a today, it's like, there's a lot of interesting stuff, and I think what's in the there bag is, is. Like almost, almost like a thematic uh, concept for me as I'm looking at what I picked up at Earth 2 Comics in Sherman Oaks. Uh, like that little plug, that was a nice segue in. Uh, <laughs> this is my LA store. Um, that uh, just an interesting thing. This bubbled out of New York Comic Con. Boom announced a couple of days ago that they're going to do a Planet of the Apes Green Lantern core crossover. Um, we, we're loving these Planet of the Apes crossovers because the Tarzan one. That's probably the most seamless. The of Tarzan all. one is great, and it's it is it is like doesn't it feel like oh we had to crash land through an alternate dimension portal to get right. to. 
which is what Planet of the Apes and Star Trek had to do, and yeah. Green Lantern Corps probably will have to do. Although, by the way, you know, at Comic Con they announced they're going to do another Star Trek Green Lantern one, just establishing that that first miniseries did create an alternate universe, and they're just going to move forward with that story, which I really love that. That's uh, fine. But, but uh, they're also doing Lumberjanes and Gotham Academy. But there's a rumor today that Boom and DC are going to team up for a Justice League versus Power Rangers comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me, man. I no. mean, it might be. It might be fun. It's, but, you know, I'm, I'm just, again, I, a little too old for Power Rangers, but who knows? I you watched know, my share of Power Rangers over the years with my son, and... You know, yeah. the thing is, there's so many different Power Rangers teams, and they were so really kind of different in a lot of ways. So the I think not having picked up what Boom is doing, though, I think that I think that they went back to the original team. That's what I'd expect, because everything you else know, is kind of a pale imitation. Yeah, I would suspect you because you know who we really should get on at, at some time when when it really becomes thematically strong enough. Gaz. Uh, you know, we just um, is get Gaz in here because yeah. I know he knows, and we'd have a very interesting conversation with him. Yeah. Um, you know, that's his fandom the you know the kaiju and the sentai and and whatever else. Um, you know, he he knows it all. So um, I've been to his place and the uh, wealth of action figures. Oh, yeah. You know. I'm envious. I just have no idea who they are. Um, so. I feel like I've been to his place because I was watching his one a day videos thing. Oh yes, yeah. And so it was all over his house. So. Oh yes, oh yes, and the toys are all over his house. It's amazing. It's what we would we all aspire to, which you have in your own way as well. Yeah. Um, and someday I will again. Uh, so anyway. That was the big comic book rumor today. I want to get to, just because you are right, there were some really fascinating books this week, and we're going to go turn to that section known as What's in the Bag. What is in the bag, Derek? Well, I'm going to ask you first. Oh, you always do. I know. Okay. I'm the host. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to start with one, just uh, just because I think you would have pulled it. Um, and that is uh, Jessica Jones, number one. I knew you were going to. Yep. So uh, it's just like it's like it never stopped. It's still Bendis, Gatos. Um, mm-hmm. The cover style is the same as the trades, and the interior art is the same. The same. The pacing is the same. The conversational attitude is the same. The sly winks at the superhero population is the same, and um, and yet. We've had a lot of history that wasn't covered in the last one to go through and uh, and deal with. I'm trying to figure out just because time has slipped away, and I still see myself as like a you know 21 year old at college. Um, how long has it been since Jessica Jones actually launched? Is this 2001? Oh, boy. I guess I can't remember if I had started Fanboy Planet yet or not when this book when Alias first came out yeah um i'm looking it up right now and because what i want to alias number one was november 2001 okay i was right then all right yeah so and we're talking it's been 15 years and for those who are new to comics or maybe coming into comics because you watched jessica jones on netflix um this was groundbreaking stuff the first time around. Oh, it was, it was really... I mean, there were and a lot of people who were just like... Well, this it is- changed the game. And and so if I can ride on and give a little thing for Bendis... Because I, I think Bendis gets a little bit of grief when, since he went... After he went mainstream superhero. If that's fair to say. You know, he's become like one of Marvel's top writers. Oh, yeah. And deservedly so. But yeah. since he's done X-Men, Avengers, and Iron Man, and I don't know what else. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is still on, right? Um, yes. But Jessica Jones was kind of that transition from where he was really good, um, and he's still good, but you know where he was re- really made his name was before Marvel, the crime writer. You know, Jinx, uh, Goldfish, um, Torso, Fire. Uh, so I, I just want to you know recommend. I think it was Oni that published those originally, and and they're just. You know, Jessica Jones follows in that, but then started literally seeping that that Marvel energy in. I mean, he'd already—I think he'd already picked up Daredevil at that point too. 
but his Daredevil was a much more crime oriented. You know, when Kevin Smith wrote it, it was superhero oriented. Daredevil, I think the the Netflix series owes a lot to what Bendis did with it. Oh, definitely. And, and Brew oh. and what Brubaker had Brubaker followed up after after Bendis, but Bendis set the tone. And you know, so Jessica Jones is uh, it's great to see the character back and actually have. Well, this this came out as a Max title. The, the originally episode. yeah and that was uh, there was a lot of max stuff that just had gratuitous nudity and i remember the uh uh the war machine book in particular was uh mm-hmm. i can't remember who the artist was on that chuck it, austin oh yeah austin right because it looked like um king of the hill yeah and the that was the very bizarre thing about it the the whole thing about the max books so they were kind of salacious and so this was this was grim and gritty without being bloodthirsty violent which is a lot of the the way a lot of the other ones went Um, well you know the max books um destroyed the first cinematic go-round of uh nick fury and it's one of the reasons bill Jameis was fired oh yeah that was horrible because george george clooney wanted to play nick fury until the max book came out that was the old man fury one right he was like um there was a lot of sex and violence. That's all I remember. I picked up one issue and went, "Holy crap, this is ridiculous! I'm not going to buy it." So I, you know, I, <clears throat> I understood. George Clooney was looking for a franchise, and it was the wrong time for that to be the franchise. Somewhere in an alternate universe, George Clooney was. He went theory. David Hasselhoff, George Clooney, and then that was it. That's where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still going on today. It's the most popular thing on tele- television in the uh, it, it might be. It might be F15. All right, so I, I'm going to go, uh, let's see. Uh, go there. Is, you know you want to go there. You were just there. All right, you're asking me to since we were just, I was just saying. Uh, Boom Studios releases, this is in honor of Nate. Uh, you know, I'm going to pour a little Coke Zero out for my homie. Uh, he's not falling, he's just at work. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> meets Escape from New York. That's not really, I think it, it doesn't really even just, say mate. It just says, no, it's just Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. Right. Um, and, yeah, I was looking inside. Part one, Snake's World. Uh, I, when this was announced, and I ran a piece on Fanboy Planet about it, it was like, I was saying it was like Crisis on Infinite Kurt Russell's. And... I don't know if you've had a chance to actually read it yet. Oh, I read it. And that that's actually what they are setting up. I was right. That Snake Plissken and Jack Burton are the same person. They're just alternate universe versions of each other. Right. Which, which means it's a, it's a McCready nature, could show up. It's a nature versus nurture thing. Well, see, I was trying to... I, I was thinking about this. It's been a long, long time. Seeing Big Trouble in Little China last night is the movie that I've seen maybe more than any other yeah. which is weird to say but i think it's i think it's true if i count it maybe the rocky horror picture show is close but big trouble in little china is i know that i you know i i've seen i may have even seen it more than star wars and but i've only seen escape from new york once really oh man so i i, I guess i could do escape the, i could do the the dialogue from both of them i mean i was gonna say don't. with with me it's like I, I can't. I couldn't tell you which one I've seen more. So, Escape from New York is 1997. Yeah, they set Big Trouble in Little China in 80s in 87. So after um, after the actual movie, right? Um, so ten years apart. I, you know, I don't even know if it's nature versus nurture. It's just, uh, you know, like I said, I think there's there's room for the thing to show up if Boom got the rights to do that. Sure. I'd still like, I, you know, and I'm going to call it at this point. There might be a very very veiled reference. To uh, to Dexter Riley at, at some point um, in in the comic series uh, in such a way that Disney wouldn't sue, but um, I think it's probably more likely that it is going to be focused on the John Carpenter uh, and uh, Kurt Russell uh, collaborations. So maybe Elvis could show up. We'll yeah, see. yeah, Elvis. Could show. This is fun. This is lightweight. Um, I really appreciated that Wang has an alternate universe version of himself as well. Um, so this is fun. I'm glad I picked it up. So I'll go there. Next on your stack? Next on my stack is The Man, Cage Number 1. Uh, this was uh, probably 
I, I won't say the most enjoyable book that I read, but it was certainly the more the most accessibly enjoyable book this week, and reads in about five minutes. <laughs> so, um, by this point, point uh, Samurai Jack creator, yeah, and Powerpuff Girls creator uh, Jendi Tarkovsky, Tartakovsky, also director of the Hotel Transylvania franchise. Um, so. Um, very interesting take. Although, we know what I noticed most about this, and I, I, I haven't read it yet. I did pick it up. Oh. But that, that means that in the wake of Luke Cage on Netflix, there are two books featuring Luke Cage, neither one of which is actually called Luke Cage right now. Right, right. Well, there's Power Man and Iron Fist and Cage. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, this is this is... They put it back in 1977, and it's, uh, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, it's 77. 1977, New York, city of big, big buildings, big shoes, big shirts, and big crime. That's the whole first page. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like power, it, it has the Powerpuff Girls, Girls pacing, and it definitely has the, uh, the look of, uh, Samurai Jack. Um, yeah, this is, this yeah. is a great one. And I, 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 I'm also happy to see the inking of uh, Stephen Di Stefano. Um, is he is a is an artist I've loved. I mean, perfect to kind of tighten up Tartakovsky's uh, work here. Um, that uh, he did. Um, he worked on Amazing Man from DC. Right. Do you remember that series? And um, there was something piano. Um, there was an anthology from Dark Horse they did a lot of work on. So really fun. Um, and as I look at that book, like what a fantastic art team that is. Yeah. So that's that's great. And um, it's it's, um, it's almost family friendly. <laughs> I'll see. I'll try, I'll try to read it tonight, uh, yeah. and we'll see. Um, uh, speaking of an interesting family friendly, the, the <laughs> I'm going to say this is the most. Um, uh on my stack i don't know if you picked this up but um this is an interesting contrast of art styles uh that uh first of all i'm going to name the cover artist and see if you can guess which book it is okay uh, howard chaken okay it's probably midnight of not probably not midnight of souls because we already discussed that no 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 no. but this uh no it's not it's actually uh come out uh, this week it, I'm sure it did. It's a. This is actually a, meant to be a children's book from one of the mo, one uh, about one of the oldest uh, licensed properties that we have, and that is Howard Chaykin doing the cover over Roger Langridge, who is one of the best children's cartoonists for comics around uh, from Dynamite. Betty Boop. I didn't even see that. So it's uh, he's. Kind of doing a parody of <laughs> Howard Jenkins doing a parody of himself, basically, but also that famed Mad Love cover uh, or the Alex Ross painting of the Joker and Harley Quinn. Right. But it's uh, Coco and Betty, Coco the Clown and oh Betty my. Boop and Roger Langridge. If you uh, d- don't, if people who don't know, him, actually, is Giselle Legace is doing the art. But Roger Langridge did um, Thor: The Mighty Avenger. Um, for Marvel, which is the which is a great uh, non-insulting, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't really talk down to family-friendly Thor book that I just don't know why it just did not last. It, it, you know, it it, it it but it fit no other continuity. He did the Muppets for Boom uh, and uh, uh, Snarked. Um, so uh, we're featuring uh, the Walrus and the Carpenter from Alice in Wonderland, um, and he won an Eisner for that. So Roger Langridge just impresses the heck out of me uh, with his always quality book. So I had to pick up Betty Boop and then notice the Howard Chaykin cover and thought that was hilarious. Um, you know, I brought but, that cover up, and it, boy, I I can see it now, but I sure I know I saw it, but I didn't see Chaykin in this at all before. No, but now you do because I've said I said it, and yeah. now you, and now you totally you totally get it. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, this is interesting because I, I I haven't read it yet, but it, but Betty Boop is one of those characters that I just go, I don't even know. Is there a? Does anybody actually know anything about Betty Boop uh, anymore, other than 
than like stickers or you know tattoos or you know yeah. iconography, not an actual you know story. So uh, I think it's an interesting character to revive, and language is the guy to do it. Um, I'm going to turn to your next book. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna. I've got two in my hand. I desperately want to... I'm going to mention one. No, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. We're going to do four. We'll okay, do four. we'll do four. Good. Uh, so the next one I have is uh, something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh-huh. Actually, no, I'm not going to do that one. I'll, I'll save that one because you're not going to do that one. Uh, number one, Champions. And uh-huh. this one was very satisfying for me because it repeats a lot of what we've been talking about in superhero books recently and that is just the wanton destructionness and the destruction um of of innocent property and potentially people and the kind of lack of care on the part of the superheroes and we it starts off uh with uh ms marvel just being so upset that even though yeah they dealt with the bad guys um there's a there's a guy whose whose uh, food wagon has just been smashed, and the Avengers right now don't have the Stark money behind them. They're not going to be able to re- refund this guy is, you know, get him back on his feet or anything. So she takes off and joins up with uh, with uh, Spider Man or, uh, or Miles Morales, Miles yeah. Morales, and with with Nova. And uh, it was a great scene where Nova says, "Why do I? Why is it always far away from me?" And says, "Because you live in Arizona. We're on 14th Street." Um, the um, the book is uh, is nice. The it's one of those now let's let's get the rest of our team together books. And I like the attitude here. I mean, I usually I really have not liked most of the teen version of. Avengers team version of X Men, whatever that you do, but this one's this one's resonating for me. We got Viv from uh, Vision and uh, the uh, Amadeus Cho, the uh, awesome Hulk. So totally awesome Hulk, and yeah. uh, it looks like Cyclops, young. Uh, he's oh, but he's just on the cover, but he doesn't look like he's part of the lineup. Yeah, he's uh, <coughs> he's on a page where they they have a page with about six potentials. Oh, okay. That are not there. He's like one, or five potentials, including Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. So, well, and- you know, I want to say if if anybody uh, listens and is like, you want to look at where the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. Yeah. And 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 I'm glad you chose it. I mean, it would have been on my. I figured you were going to, but I had it ready just in case. Okay. Um, this is where the future is. This is what 2024, 2025 of the Marvel movies is going to look like. These heroes, this very diverse cast, because, um, and I've seen, I think it was Gene Luen Yang um, had tweeted something about running into a kid who was so excited to discover, uh, to uh, an Asian child who was so excited to discover that the Hulk was Korean. Yeah. Now. yeah. And, you know, that uh, when, I, when I just. Uh, Specify the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Um, it's because you know so many people still think Peter Peter Parker, but I think they've made the point in Spider-Man, which is Miles's book. You know, he just wants to be known as Spider-Man. So you know, not so right, not the black, there, not, not the uh, yeah, not the black Spider-Man. And right. you know, and I think Nova is is Latino, um, right? So I'm not sure then, about that. And Viv is synthesoid American. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not mocking that. It's right. just, you know, I mean, really. And, and, and you've got Kamala Khan. And this is, I look at this book and I, I wish the kids had had this book 20 years ago. You know, yes. maybe we wouldn't be as messed up as we are right now as a country. And just because I look at that and go, this is, this is who we are. And Marvel's stealthily built this strongly and put it together and champions is what's going to take the place of Avengers in people's mind, um, you know, in the movies. And I have no doubt that Disney is really, really pushing for this. And, and I, I think it'll be, it'll be a, it will be blending out the old and in the new. And so, yeah, be, no, absolutely. Cause be the other thing subtle. is this is all a next generation, even with the inclusion of Cyclops, this is the young Cyclops from the past who's still innocent and still has hope. 
and hasn't been turned into the guy that's in Death of X. You know, it's this is a young guy. Um, and I, I, I just think it's magnificent this book happens. So, um, so to correct myself or, or to adjust, uh, Nova is Sam Alexander, mm-hmm. um, white father and Latina mother. His mother's Latina. That's, so what, half, that's what I thought. Because he's portrayed half, that way on um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon. Ah, okay. So, you know, that's the Sam Alexander, not Richard Ryder version. So right. that confused me for a while. But this is one of those things, again, that's the Nova my son knows. Because he's grown up watching the cartoons. Yeah. And so he knows Sam. He doesn't know Richard. I don't even know what's happened to Richard. So I've lost track. I'm well, catching it's... up on Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel Cinematic, uh, Marvel yeah. Comics Unlimited. Next on my stack, there's going to be one that I'm pretty sure you're not going to have. Okay. Uh, but again, it's, it's speaking to my unofficial theme of diversity this week. Uh, Angel City from Oni Press. This is the rare, once a year I get one recommendation from Susan Avalone, uh, the co-owner of Earth 2 Comics. And um, you know, on the car cast, I always say, like, you know, what's because it was a joke, she used to not read comics at all, but then when she became co-owner, she reads a lot more. Um, this is, uh, last week when we, I was at the Deadpool signing, uh, Susan said, we're having a signing next week, and you really should, this is a book I think you'd like. So I picked it up and, and dug on it. Susan, if you're listening, you were right. Again, this is a book that I like. Angel City is by Janet Harvey with art by Megan Levings. Uh, Megan Levings had done the uh, Madame Frankenstein uh, graphic novel. Like, it was like five issues. It's trade paperback. Um, it kind of an interesting reversal on the Frankenstein mythos. And um, so it's an interesting kind of cartoony, but very, you know, um, she's got an art style that definitely has its rules, and so that's what I respond to. It's like, yeah, it's consistent. I like it. Um, it is in, set in about 1947 L.A., so kind of the, the golden age of Hollywood. It's a noir, um, and the lead detective uh, is, it's kind of a big reversal. It's kind of a, it's a chorus, uh, a would-be chorus girl who has turned into a low-level mob enforcer who um, they turn a blind eye to because there's no way a dame could be, um, you know, the enforcer for the local mob leader, right? Hmm. Um, And then her uh, roommate, when she first moved out to L.A., has been murdered. And uh, so because the police aren't going to, you know, it's a dime a dozen, a dame stuck her nose where where it didn't belong, so they're laughing it off. So she's gonna uh, she's gonna un, you know turn on unwillingly, uh, but have to become a detective and solve the the mystery of her friend's murder. So she's hard boiled, uh, hard bitten, and it's just a terrific character and a, a terrific first issue from Oni, Angel City. And uh, I, I really dug it, and I'm really glad that Susan called it out to me. And um, there it is. Um, it's inspired by the Black Dahlia case, but there's a little essay in the back that says it's not, you know, this is the thing, uh, that it's inspired by the Black Dahlia case and a thousand others like it that didn't get as famous, that why that you know when you look at the true crime books on the shelves the victim or victims are often women right and so janet harvey is talking about that trying to create that person who can really uh take that on head on and all the violence that's been done uh, against women and um uh, you know it's uh, i hope this keeps up it's just a it's just a terrific book and i'm gonna have to put it on my pool list uh, up in san jose because I, I I can't risk missing an issue, so great. There we go. So my last book is answer is the beginning of an answer to a question you and I were pondering a few weeks ago, and that is uh, whatever happened to Cyclops? So the book is Death of X. It's one of four, and I just and I I just alluded to it. Yes, go I, ahead. I've been I've been um, I've been seeing this Death of X in in the uh in the previews and and in in the uh, you know coming soon and i just assumed that x referred to mutants and now i realize that i think x is a direct reference to cyclops because of his redesigned helmet which is just an x on his face where when uh when they stopped being when he stopped being a cosmic god character 
Um, his powers were all screwed up, and he he went to this costume. Um, so it's it's not about um, uh, Disney Studios um, <laughs> suing Fox out of existence. No, no. Okay. Although okay. I'd buy that book, I would buy multiple yeah. copies of that book. <laughs> so it's Jeff Lemire's and Charles Soule. Um, but I really want to say uh, this book is beautiful. It's Aaron Cooter. It's the artist, and Mari mm-hmm. Hollowell is uh, is doing the coloring. The coloring is just like butter. This is every page is just uh, amazingly colored and shaded, and um, yeah, we've got uh, my only complaint about this. This is a mutants versus Inhumans title, and my complaint about it is the X team that's listed on the first page is all people I I know I'm familiar with. I like so it's Cyclops, Emma Frost, Magic, Iceman, the Stepford Cuckoos, and Gold Balls. Gold Balls being the lightest one, but he's the most new, and we've seen him enough. Okay. Um, the Inhumans, however, are Crystal, who amazingly enough, you know that pattern on Crystal's hair right, where there's yeah. a, the the circle and the bars that go on the side. Yeah. Well, she's got she's got more of a a pixie cut now, and it's still there. So either it's an application she puts on, or that's the range of the hair in that area. What it does, um, which answers a long standing question in a lot of people's mind i'm sure uh we've got gorgon who, who i just want to pause would somebody write in if <laughs> if that was a long-standing question for you they're, they're just i want to I, I want to validate rick here yeah they're <laughs> the, the recently gorgon was injured and is now wheelchair bound so he's almost looking like the professor x in all this which is kind of weird and then we've got four of the new hum, new inhumans grid flint Naja and Iso, or Iso, they're not too hard to figure out, but they are by no means a household name in, in, in humans. Mm-hmm. This takes place, it starts on the first page one year ago, and it's looking to be the establishment of a war between the uh, Inhumans and the mutants with, on the last panel... Well, I won't spoil, spoil the last panel, but they are both... I appreciate that. They're both basically um, ready to protect their own. I wasn't that excited about this book from the uh, previews, from and but now, now that I've read this first issue, I'm actually looking forward to issue two and three and four, um, which is, you know, that's, that's a big deal for me because I'm so tired of... Group X, you know, Marvel groups versus other Marvel groups on trumped up reasons to just put them on the page fighting it, duking it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Death of X. Death of X. All right. Uh, I'm going to go for just kind of a fun one just because it fits uh, for October and that uh, in honor of Ash versus Evil Dead uh, returning on stars. Today was Army of, uh, this week was Army of Darkness and Xena Warrior Princess. Together again, for at least the second time from Dynamite, um, and Goofy, Goofy as heck, but definitely just—it's uh, the first time I picked up, uh, I think, one of Dynamite's Army of Darkness books in probably a decade. So, uh, in fact, I'm not even sure that it was that it was uh, that it was uh, Dynamite when I picked one up before. But, I didn't uh, see this one. Does it have Ash in it? Yes. And then does it have uh, the Bruce Campbell Atolicus? Atolicus. No, Atolicus has not appeared yet. Okay. Um, So they're they're playing around with time that uh, basically this first issue sets up that Xena needs, at some apocalyptic moment, has a book from the Necronomicon to uh, pull Ash back. Because I know there was a previous one, an Army of Darkness and Xena crossover a few years ago, uh-huh. and um, to pull him back in time, but he gets pulled back into a time before Xena has actually met him, and so, but but somehow uh, Gabrielle knows who he is, and so there's the confusion about he's not a very good time traveler <laughs> uh, on top of everything else, you know. Where is the Army of Darkness? Where is the Ash versus uh, uh, Snake Plissken or Ash versus? Uh, because that could work. Because Bruce Campbell was an escape from Los Angeles. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, we need we need uh, Jack Burton and Ash to team up. We need uh, in- infinite goofy heroes. 
Absolutely. Um, no, so it's just kind of it is it is a goofy book. There's nothing serious about this, but when I look at what I've, picked, I've purchased this week, and you take uh, by the way, you know, just to sneak other titles in, right? There was a you know, Marvel had Death of Death of X, DC had Death of Hawkman, and uh, Enchanted Tiki Ruby. Take those out. Ch- oh, I'm gonna throw Champions in. Um, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books that I purchased out of ten. Now I'm going to buy more at Elusive, but you know uh, this is things that I knew were not in my pool box. Seven books out of ten that uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are female leads, and the seventh would be Cage. Saying you know so diversity. Um, we talk a lot about getting diversity in comics. This is my theme for the week. This is exciting to realize that without even realizing it, because it also picked up um, Shade, the Changing Girl, right. and. Um, you know, without even thinking about it, just these are the books that caught my eye, that caught my attention, that I really wanted to read. This is, you know, this is a, a great moment. So the, if you are into comics and you want diversity in comics, you want these books to exist, buy these books, because that's the biggest problem. The other thing I say that came out this week, and uh, Earth 2 didn't have it, but I had backed it on um, uh, on Kickstarter, was was Black, uh, the, the book about... Uh, that uh, about that Jamal Igle was working on. That, that, that's about um, a world where only black people develop superpowers and have to keep it hidden. Um, you know, so uh, I haven't read it yet, but because my copy is probably in the mail back in back in San Jose. But uh, here, you know, here's the th- the thing: is is this is a great diversity of books. These are the, and, and I didn't buy all superhero stuff either. Really different takes on concepts. If that's what you want. And I do. You got to buy them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because because publishers respond to sales. That's it. You know. Well, hopefully they're selling well. I, 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 I you think. know, I hope so too. As I say, you know, out of Marvel, right along, I will say that again. Really, pick up Champions because um, if you want this kind of hero team, if you you know, this is the future. It's only going to be there if Champions still you know still exists a year from now, and not the next version of Marvel now becomes something different. I'd like to see this team of characters stay this team of characters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's all I want to say. And more enchanted Tiki room. And we've got, um, we've got, of course we got Ms. Marvel, which is, which is, I think fairly successful, but. Oh yes. Out, it's com- a cover story on, I, Oh, I can't remember what magazine I just saw it was, but saw, I, it might even be New York magazine. Um, I might be exaggerating that. I just saw somebody tweet it though. That Kamala Khan is the cover of of a long established magazine. Be talking about diversity. I'd like to and, see how uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is doing because that's a charming book. And mm-hmm. then, and then I'm really looking forward to Ironheart. So, yeah, yeah. Although you know, I, I'm I'm slowly catching up through Marvel Comics Unlimited. Uh, I want to see uh, Victor Von Doom in the armor. Um, <laughs> oh no, that'll <laughs> that be actually, fun too. That'll be fun. That too. actually got me intrigued. Damn you, Marvel, for making me want to buy more books. Well, are you reading any uh, books where you've been exposed to the new Victor Von Doom? Yeah, I was reading um, the, the the last year's post uh, post Secret Wars Iron Man book. Okay, I can't remember the adjective, um, but where Victor was showing, it kept showing up in there, right. and Tony Stark's not wanting to believe uh, that he's good. So you know, it's it's really it, it's interesting. It, it's there's great storytelling going on. I, I I just again want people to latch onto. There's gonna be types of stories that that, that will sell because you know that's the complaint I've heard from retailers over the years is like when you did mile when they had milestone, which I would love to see milestone come back. Um, you know, every time those books launch, everybody gets really excited about number one, but you have to buy number two. And there are other things to say about the and number three, but about the way the comics industry is run, it is really an odd way to run a business where where in order to keep sales going, people have to buy another book that has a, that is a catalog and determine what they want months ahead of time, sight unseen. Right. And you know, so that that is a hard business model to sustain. It is. It is getting to be that way too, because more and mm-hmm. more. More and more uh, brick and mortar stores have to order to a very close number to what they're going to need. So they right, buy an, and this is extra. 
and this is you know comicsology just announced they're doing they're, they're basically creating, uh, doing their own imprint digital only and i still and most people do apparently still prefer um you know hard copies soft uh, you know floppies as they say um to uh to digital but i start seeing the appeal of the digital i just wish there was a way that my local brick and mortar store could could make money off of that if that makes sense, you know, yeah. but I, but the, having the digital where it's, it's a low risk and I don't have something around that I'll never pick up again. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I, I just want to push out there again. This is a, a tremendously diverse week. More and more our weeks are diverse in comic shops. Support that, keep that alive. And, you know, can I, um, can I do a one last kind of, not PSA, but a, an announcement, uh, something, not really a review because I haven't read the book, uh-huh. but um, the James Bond 007 uh, Dynamite book that's done by uh, Ellison Masters, mm-hmm. um, issue 10 is the last in the Edelon storyline, and it has a preview, you flip the book over, it's got a preview of the... Uh, the next storyline, which is Hammerhead, and this will be starting in mm-hmm. in a number one issue. Um, so there's an advanced preview of this. I just want to point out that uh, El- the 10 of Edelon is the last Ellis uh, story. And in fact, there's mm-hmm. a whole new creative creative team with uh, Diggle writing the uh, Andy Diggle and Lucia Casalan Guida. Do you know what Do you know what else is happening with James Bond in If for Dynamite? No. James Robinson is writing Felix Leiter as a solo series. Oh, that's cool. Exactly what we talked about the movies. Why have not why have the Broccoli family, Eon right. Productions, not created the spin the, the spin off universe, the franchises of James Bond, so you don't have to wait for Daniel Craig to make hundred and fifty million dollars and decide he wants to come back. Yeah. Uh, so James Robinson is writing Felix Leiter. Warren Ellis, do not cry for Warren Ellis. He is moving on to I I had forgotten to write this down, but it is interesting news. DC announced this week they're reviving the Wildstorm imprint. Oh. But like Gerard Way's Young Animal, which is Doom Patrol, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, right. uh, Shade the Changing Girl, basically what used to be kind of Vertigo, Warren Ellis is the curator of Wildstorm. So Interesting he's got a rev- title. Yeah, that's what they're calling it, curator. Yeah. So he'll write one title. And then handpick the people that write the other titles that he thinks should. And it will be basically the former Wildstorm characters. So uh, I know there's there, there's talk of Grifter coming back again and, and Voodoo. Um, and maybe this time they'll be worth reading. Yeah, because that's the new 52 versions. Because they're, well, I kind of liked what Grifter did, but Voodoo was just odd. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I'd like to get the, back to Wildcats as a decent team book. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that was listed yet, but it's coming. And, you know, so it's just an interesting approach. Um, and I don't know if it's really what they're, what, you know, there might be marching orders is let, let's, cr- let's make these concepts viable for a film. Yeah. And I can't help but think that because yeah. everything's going that way, you know. Um, so, but let's, so let's talk film. Uh, you know, probably the, the superhero movie that I, I will admit that I'm going to be the most excited about for 2017. Not even sure when it's being released, but um, the third Wolverine film. We got a title this week. Yeah. It's Logan. Yeah. Uh, they tweeted a picture of Charles Xavier as an old and grizzled uh, Patrick Stewart as an old and grizzled uh, Charles Xavier. So that's kind of interesting. Ryan Reynolds had the best response to the poster. Have you seen his tweet? No. He said, so the poster uh, is Wolverine's. It actually looks like the poster from Schindler's List. It's Wolverine's hand with the blades coming out. Oh, I've seen that. And, yeah. and there's a little girl's hand holding it. So it's a little kid's hand. Uh-huh. And, Likely, it has been revealed that it's it's Laura, it's X twenty three, the the cinematic universe's version. <laughs> but Ryan Reynolds tweeted out and said, "That's my hand holding Logan's <laughs> because of that yes. scene in Deadpool where he has yes. the little baby hand." <laughs> yes. So, so he tweeted that picture with the poster. <laughs> Spoilers. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, I love him. But anyway, um, so. It is Logan. It is set in 2024. I think is what they've said, um, which is which is interesting because I don't think any. I, 
I think the X-Men movies, they've blown their timeline so badly. But I had forgotten that in well, 1990... They, they actually kind of restored a decent timeline now. Given, but a full decade has taken place between movies. Oh yeah, without a full decade taking place between shooting them. Right. So if the first one started in 1961, if First Class was the Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah, and then uh, Days of Future Past was the mid 70s, yeah, and then we know that uh, the 80s was uh, Apocalypse, 84 or 85. Um, Quicksilver has not aged at all in between. Rogue has not. I'll buy that Rogue hasn't aged because she's a shapeshifter. Why would she let herself age? Right. Um, but Magneto and Xavier didn't really age. Beast didn't age. You know, so, I mean, it, and then the next one's going to be in the 90s. And then when you realize that the, uh, that the actual first film made it, released in 2000, um, it starts by saying it's sometime in the near future. So... It, it was already established in, it was meant to be a futuristic science fiction film right. from the beginning. Right. So, you know, the timelines just don't quite add up. And that's all right. All, I, don't, I don't care about the timelines. Give me a good movie like you gave me with The Wolverine, not X-Men Origins Wolverine. And uh, which luckily, the last one, uh, for all its crimes, Apocalypse at least established that X-Men Origins Wolverine didn't happen. Yeah. So the, the the nice thing about the old man Logan story, and if this follows it, even though just being called just Logan, it's a great road trip, and so many potential cameos. I you know I, I don't think that it's gonna I think they're gonna do what they what they've done is they might pick up something thematic, like Days of Future Past thematically follows some of the same things. Yeah, but it's not you know it, it, you know it's not a straight up adaptation. Apocalypse. Oh no, was they, not. A, I don't think they'll do a straight up adaptation because it's, I mean, yeah, but just, we do know, we do know that it is an, uh, a Wolverine who Logan's powers are fa failing. His healing powers are failing him. So he's become uh, an alcoholic because he is in constant pain and they released that much about it. So it's going to be a, a much darker, if you can imagine that a, a darker, a, you know, a more interesting performance, I think from Hugh Jackman, if he's going to say goodbye to the character, say goodbye to it in a way that really gives him an acting challenge that yeah. still stays within character. Yeah. So, um, and then by introducing Laura, but X 23, um, you know, then again, you can carry that character into the future, uh, into future franchises and not really replace Hugh Jackman, just have a new character taking over. And that's, in so that's in keeping with the current Wolverine, um, right. Storyline too. Because right. they, it's established that in the future, uh, in the old man Logan future, Laura's there, or was there. Okay, good, good. Um, I will eventually get around to that one, too. Uh, one year from today, we will get, speaking of future movies, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Okay. They, they tweeted out a cast picture. They gave a title of... Uh, a cast pictures, Ridley Scott with Harrison Ford and uh, Ryan Gosling, um, just kind of hanging around drinking uh, in a in a kitchenette. But uh, anyway, we now have a title. It's Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and who knows what is going on with that beyond that? But uh, at least we now know uh, that it's uh, looks like it's October sixth, two thousand seventeen. So um, that's exciting for us. A variety reports that there are three actors in the running for a female lead in, speaking of Harrison Ford, uh, young Han Solo. We've just talked old man Logan. We're going to have old man Decker <laughs> and then young Han Solo. Um, Tessa Thompson, who I don't really know who she is. Naomi Scott. I know who Zoe Kravitz is because she was Angel. Uh, I think they called her Angel in um, the X-Men uh, First Class. And... Uh, but the interesting thing is that the speculation is that the character that sh that they are in the running for is Sana Staros, who was introduced in Marvel's comic book, Star Wars, uh, in the revived one uh, that is officially canon, who was the person that Han Solo had married. Though uh, she shows up and explains that... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. it was for a, a grift, but... Uh, right. 
but they might actually the script might involve telling that story a little uh you know filling in some backstory or at least some backstory about the relationship so it would be interesting because i think this would be the first time that a character established in canon first outside of the movies would make it into the movies yeah so i mean we've never you know until we see mara jade if she shows up in episode eight uh, that would be awesome. I have got my fingers crossed for that. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Real awkward it, writing checks with your fingers crossed. But it would be it would be very nice. Well, you know, if Thrawn can show up in Rebels, yeah, uh, you know, anything is possible. And and I think that you know this is the first time. But this is the first time a situation has been there where that's possible. You know, yeah. I mean, you can say I, I was recently reading an interview with uh, Gary Kurtz, who mentioned why Boba Fett dies at the end of Return of the Jedi or at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, was because uh, he was supposed to be the villain of 789. And George Lucas didn't want it, decided uh, before he began doing Return of the Jedi that he didn't want to do 789. So he had to get rid of Boba Fett. And, you know, that's kind of this, you know, for a long time we were at the mercy of, and as it should be, because he was the creator, uh, <laughs> of one man. But now that we're at the mercy of one studio trying to keep a franchise alive. Yeah. You are going to, and transmedia is the, is the word of the, of the century. Uh, you know, we're going to see this kind of crossover crossing from media uh, more and more. And that's kind of interesting. Uh, suicide squad, perhaps not unexpectedly, uh, DC announced or Warner brothers announced this week. He's going to have an extended cut kind of like uh, the ultimate cut for, uh, Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman. So I think this is now the pattern for Warner Brothers uh, for DC movies is uh, is they make a, a ton of money in the theaters and then say now we're going to release a better version that we I, I, know is better. I was going to put it as uh, release a crappy movie and then apologize. That's the pattern we're starting to. Well, that is the pattern. Yeah. You know, th- there is that pattern that's going on. But you know, as I've said, you know, the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman actually is better. It still is not a great movie, yeah. in my opinion. I want to qualify that because I know many people did like it, and that is fine. And I didn't, but I did, I didn't have as much trouble with Suicide Squad as I did Batman v Superman. But no, and I didn't have as much trouble. But I, I know a lot of people really hate Suicide Squad. Yeah. But if there's an extended cut that actually makes more sense than the Suicide Squad that I saw, uh, I'm in to see that. But I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've been arguing with a niece today about that, about Jared Leto's performance as the Joker. Um, you know, so I'm just like, I thought it was an interesting take. It's valid. You don't have to like it. Uh, and it's not like um, my favorite still Cesar Romero, but, you know, that's that's the way it is. Um, I, I, if there's more of Jared Leto and it makes more sense and there aren't dangling plot threads, I'm, I'm for that. Uh, although, if you noticed last week on Saturday Night Live, uh, did you watch it? Yes, Margo I did. Ro- Margot yes. Robbie hosting, and they were, uh, you know, fact checking her through her monologue. And one of the things was that, I mean, basically revealed, of course, which I just hear is that nobody likes working with Jared Leto on that movie. Right. So she's uh, like, he was a beast, you know. But it was and uh, interesting. So that is what's going on in movies this week. I'm, I'm sticking almost almost exclusively comics, which is kind of exciting that we are. Um, so I'm going to flip out my order here and just say because we have to. Last week it was dropped. Uh, the the TV series that brought down Netflix, Luke Cage. Yeah. And I've still only watched one episode, but I've seen enough clips to know Rick Brettschneider, I think, got everything that he wanted. Well, I have to confess, I haven't watched it yet. And <laughs> okay. the, the reason why is I've become addicted to two other shows. Um. And Project one, Runway. No, one I'm going to finish up, and one that's going to be with me for a while. Um, there's an anime called ReZero, Starting a Life in Another World, that I'm absolutely fascinated with. I'm on episode 16 of 25. They're only okay. half-hour episodes, but I have been watching them pretty straight. And the other one is Steven Universe, which I oh, I had never watched before, and so I'm I'm up to like the 15th episode or something like that. So, but that's fine. Those are like 11-minute episodes. And frankly, I haven't been at home enough lately to sit down and just give Cage a good watch. So, Luke Cage. I know that there is a reference to a tiara. I I know that he wears the yellow shirt at one point. I had no doubt. 
and I have well, only one point, and then dismisses it. And I've heard that by episode five, he says, sweet Christmas. All, all the I haters thought, who just want to believe, you know. But they're dismissed, is my point. Right. Uh, but it did. Apparently, so many people watched it that Netflix crashed on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, nice. and I, I saw a report, you know, I had friends posting from all over the country complaining and then saw it as a news article, like, you know, saying, I thought, oh, maybe it was just internet trouble locally. No, it was nationwide. David Walker, in fact, posted and complained. The guy who writes Power Man and Iron Fist complained on Facebook. I was all ready to watch it and can't make Netflix work. <laughs> so, oh, uh, you know, just just uh, interesting. Um, great first episode, that's what I can say. And, of course, uh, the other thing that i got to admit makes me laugh um, is that apparently there are a lot of disgruntled white people complaining that there aren't a lot of white people in Luke Cage. You know what we call those people? No, I'm not going to go there. No, I, I, I'm going to say it. No, idiots. Yeah. That's the polite thing to say right now. It's right. just, it's idiots. You know, it's like I said with comics. It, it, you know, not everything has to be for you. I will grant you that. But on the other hand, you can take a dip into waters that are a little uncomfortable, maybe, and that, they're if not you, uncomfortable. I did you, not notice. If you take that dip, you'll be an, a better person at the end of it. Yeah. I swear. I watched the first episode. The only, I, now that I think about it, the only white actor in there is Frank Whaley. And the only reason I noticed was because I like Frank Whaley uh, as, an, as an actor. It's like, oh, good. Hey, Frank Whaley. That's cool. I don't even know what happens to him. You know, I've heard various things. I did not notice that this complaint was if if you want to for lack of a better word was was um valid i guess um you know i i didn't notice that there weren't a lot of white people in the show i didn't notice anything other than my god this show is great yeah you know <laughs> so it was just i i had to laugh and just go ah oh, oh man uh, i don't know what's gonna happen um and I just wanted to say, uh, I don't know if anybody in Los Angeles is, is aware, but uh, all those billboards around town you're seeing about uh, The Walking Dead saying we're just getting started with Negan and, and Lucille, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan just smiling. The Walking Dead's coming back. I just have to say it because I can't go three blocks in this town right now without seeing a billboard telling me The Walking Dead is coming back. So. And I noticed this at New York Comic Con too. There, uh, uh, my friend Annabelle sent me some photos from the from the lobby, and uh, Carr had mentioned this on the Carcast. You know, if you got a badge at Comic Con, you had a it, you were a shill for Walking Dead because the R, the RFI ID was you know, was a Walking Dead logo, and the New York Comic Con has Walking Dead everywhere. Is there anybody not watching Walking Dead who wants to? Okay, that's that's I'm I'm sure there are people who don't watch The Walking Dead, but yeah, that No, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are. I guess what I'm just saying is, please, Walking Dead fans are well aware. If you I'm just saying now comics you know, this is the face of, of our industry. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of like we know, we get it. You can <laughs> whereas I, I will admit I was completely unaware when Fear the Walking Dead returned. You know, the only reason I knew it came back was because it was attached to Preacher. It's actually pretty good, you know. I, I heard it got a lot better. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. It, it's a different story. It's a different show. Um, I can, I, and in a way that I like, you know, it's yeah. It's, it's, and and I want to say, look, I managed to get through. Uh, I just caught up at the end of season three of Agents of Shield. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to start for, you know, four weeks too late. I'm ready to start the new season of Agents of Shield. And I've still got to catch up on Gotham. And I've still got to, I've still got three seasons of, or four seasons of Arrow to watch. Um, you know, there's going to be a time where, when there is that time? where there, where there'll be too many for us to watch. I'm already there. It, it, it may already be here. I mean, if you, if you gave up some other stuff in your life, you could probably make time for everything right now, but that won't last <laughs> pretty soon. It, it's going to be to the point where you can't, you can't get well, anything else up. Well, that other stuff would be things like this podcast, my job, my Eat, children. Eating. And then I could not afford to right. watch any of those things. Right. <laughs> 
No, I, what a conundrum. But the catch no, 22. So that means you will have to stop watching some of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, no, I, I already do. I know that. It's like, that's why I say I don't, I, I don't watch Arrow. I don't, I, I got, I wanted to get kind of catch up on Lucifer. I did not. Um, there already is too much. Yeah. And, uh, I, I still haven't actually finished Daredevil. I watched the first episode of Luke Cage and went, okay. And I went back and watched a couple of Daredevils. I'm one episode left on season two of Daredevil. And, you know, it, it is, I, this, it, I don't know how a fan, I mean, you do make your choices, but I don't know how a fan who, uh, has a job, has a family, has other things, a friends, uh, manages to keep on top of, of everything. And there was a time when I could. Because it wasn't that much, and yeah. now it's like it's like reading comics. I mean, like I say, I've got ten comics spread out on this floor right now to look at. Let's say that's a healthy stack, and I know that there's still some waiting in my box at elusive comics. You yep. know, and, and it's just it's too much to read, it's too much to see. You're not going to have everything. It's time to start cutting, or we all get to take six months sabbaticals and catch up on pop culture. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, or create parallel timelines, as happened. I don't know if you watched this week's uh, The Flash's take on Flashpoint. Haven't watched it yet, but looking forward well, to it. Well, I, I can just say this. It's 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 a single episode, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it was better done than I thought it would be and worse done than I thought it would be. But I still enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the comic. I, so, think, I think Flash has a better pacing than most of the other CW stuff that that they do complete stories in an episode, even though it might be part of a larger arc and they do, mm-hmm. they do come to resolution, a resolution each episode. Well, yeah. And it, and it is very clear that, uh, that all of them this year, all, all these superhero shows this year, I have to set up uh, something new, which is, you know, the Legion of doom is coming together all across time. So, and they already announced that, that you have Damien dark from arrow, uh, uh, no, not Gorilla Grodd, uh, <laughs> though that'd be awesome if Gorilla Grodd showed up. Lex Luthor just randomly appears. Um, uh, Black Mantle, let's have that. No, uh, Damien Dark, Reverse Flash. Uh, I don't think Vandal Savage. Maybe Vandal Savage is going to be part of their Legion of Doom. Hmm. And uh, somebody off of Supergirl, but I can't remember who they're going to pull out of Supergirl to be the Legion of Doom. But, I mean, they are establishing that, that, you know, each show is going to contribute a villain. Is Legends to... of Tomorrow coming back? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, they just released last week a picture of uh, of the Justice Society. Okay. So, it's Obsidian. They have two actors playing Obsidian, young and old. Uh, so, that's interesting. They've got Dr. Midnight, um, and uh, they've got Vixen's Grandmother, and our man, and there was somebody Citizen else. Citizen Steel. Citizen Steel. I think though. I think he's going to be Commander Steel, or they're just calling him Hank. Okay. In all the episode descriptions so far, they're just calling him Hank. But I think because he's World War, the World War Two version would be Commander Steel, right? Wasn't he? He became Citizen Steel when he was the when it was the grandson. Yeah. I'm not See, sure. and if you're listening to this conversation, you can't keep track either. You know, and we've had a lifetime with this. It is, it's the point. It is complex. It's wonderfully com- complex. But <clears throat> if you can tell me all the evolutions of every single one of the Pokemon, uh, you can handle the JSA, JLA. <laughs> There's just no question. Yeah. How many mothers? So, how many mothers nowadays know all the evolution of the Pokemon? Oh, you know, it was really funny. I, I, I hooked up. It hooked up. I stopped using that phrase because it doesn't mean anymore what it means to me. I don't think me. that means what you think it does. I know, exactly. Uh, I met up last weekend with a friend that goes back to elementary school, and I met his son, uh, who's 11, so you're younger than Kid Maca, right? You know, and said, um, down in Anaheim, and he said, uh, uh, he, he said, you play Pokemon Go? I said, yeah, I knew that was going to be the bonding. That's how you bond with children right now, as you go, um, you know, what's your strongest Pokemon? And he's like, well, I'm waiting for Generation 3. Because and he starts naming his favorite Pokemon that are from Gen three, and I know, I don't even know what gen they're at, but realizing the Pokemon Go can update, and there'll be like thousands that right. I, I I will probably know. Um, 
you know, and so uh, I, I would like to point out, since uh, I say, mentioned that I that I met up with this friend, uh, you may when you go to Fanboy Planet, you may see on the sidebar I did add just uh, he I'm going to testing um, his uh, coffee. He runs the Big Bear Coffee Roasting Company, uh, which just got a lot of uh, kind of in small awards, uh, you know, some critical critical acclaim as a coffee. Uh, so hopefully. Uh, shortly, uh, one podcast will literally be run by Big Bear uh, Roasting Company because he said he was going to send me some coffee, and we can have it at the at the Brett Cave uh, <laughs> and try it and see if it's we 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 do it do an in podcast commercial for uh, this company. Certainly. So a small roasting company in Big Bear, uh, the uh, the ski uh, ski town uh-huh. in Southern California. So um, anyway, just. Uh, all that. I think that covers everything this week. Uh, this is a little bit shorter. Good. We managed to sort of keep it short. Uh, shorter than we usually do. Uh, thank you for listening. And again, if you're finding us on iTunes or Google Play, please rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends, to, and go to fanboyplanet.com and check things out there. We've got some interesting stuff happening and videos there and so forth. Uh, and kind of a CW preview with the Superhero Fight Club 2.0, which is a fun video, even though it makes no sense in continuity. And um, and that's it. Uh, and, of course, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I am Derek McCaw. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you.